shake it out, baby. On today's show, we're going to be shaking some tail feathers. I'm Duff. I'm Carrie. And this is Fad Tabulous. Let me see you shake a tail feather. Come on, let me see you shake a tail feather. Welcome to Fad Tabulous, a show where we review trends, fads, and crazes and give our verdicts. Hello, Carrie. How are you? I am well, and you? I am spiffy. I'm always spiffy when it comes to recording a show. I enjoy it thoroughly. Well, that's good. Now that the introductions are out of the way, I am excited to do this show because I know darn near nothing about any of this stuff. Not much of a dancing machine, huh? <laughs> I like dancing, but I have no balance whatsoever. I had a lot of ear infections as a young child, and now I can't even so much as stand on one leg for more than 10 seconds without falling flat on my face. I'm sure there's a dance that incorporates those moves somewhere. Yeah, but I don't know that it would be any fun to watch or to participate in. I think it would be quite fun to watch. <laughs> well, let's get me on one leg and we'll see how funny it is. That's right. We are talking about dance moves. Or the lack thereof. Well, in my case, yes. That's right. We put together a list of some famous dance moves throughout history that are fantabulous, or so we hope. Maybe, maybe not. Well, we'll have to see. Let's start off with our first pick. The first one is the twist. The twist became the first worldwide dance craze from 1959 to the early 60s. According to Time magazine, the dancers scarcely ever touch each other or move their feet. Everything else, however, moves. The upper body sways forward and backward, and the hips and shoulders twirl erotically. I don't get that, but sure, Time magazine. <laughs> While the arms thrust in, out, up, and down with the piston-like motions of baffled bird keepers fighting off a flock of attacked blue jays. Wow, that is a mouthful. Yes. Yes, the twist. What can we say about the twist? Uh, well, uh, here's a fun fact. Hank Ballard originally recorded a version of the twist, which Dick Clark thought was too raunchy to appeal to the teenage audience of his show, American Bandstand. Hmm. Dick Clark, however, urged label Cameo slash Parkway Records to record a new version of the song using Chubby Checker. That's pretty amazing considering the time frame that, you know, a white man would be urging to have a black man maybe get some fame. Well, Dick Clark liked his, uh, how do I say nicely? Uh, there's no way to say it nicely. White boy groups, like the Coasters and, and so on and so forth. But he also liked the Motown era, and he saw the potential with it. And uh, that's why he went with Chubby. Then maybe he's got a thing for fat guys. Or he just likes checkers. Perhaps. In 1989, there was a Quantum Leap episode. Oh, I love Quantum Leap. Titled, Good Morning Peoria which features Sam meeting Chubby Checker, who actually was in the episode, and teaching him how to do the twist. You know, here's a fun fact on a fun fact. I remember that episode quite vividly. Patricia Richardson from Tool Time fame, uh, home improvement for those who are not in the know, uh, she actually was in that episode as well. Great, great episode. Yes, it was. In 1994, one of my other favorite movies, Pulp Fiction, which featured John Travolta and Uma Thurman dancing to the twist at Jack Rabbit Slim's twist contest. 
I remember that. Uh, in 2009, Lady Gaga danced the twist with her backup dancers in the official video for Bad Romance. You know, I love Lady Gaga, and I love the song Bad Romance. I don't recall ever seeing the video. I don't think I've actually seen it either, and I consider myself a monster. Yes, I am a new reform to the monster crew. I love Joanne, which is Lady Gaga's latest album. I think it's an amazing album. Well, why wouldn't you be a monster? She's so much better than Katy Perry. <laughs> See, I like Katy Perry, too. Mm-mm-mm. What's wrong with Katy Perry? <laughs> She's okay, but if I had to choose one, like if they were both giving a concert on the same night, and I could only attend one. Oh, I'd go Gaga. All it the would way. be to go see Lady Gaga. Yeah, I, I would have to go with you. <laughs> hey, maybe a live rendition of Fad Tabulous. We could just, you know, hey guys, this is Fad Tabulous. Listen to it. But no, that, that probably wouldn't work out very well. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Wouldn't be so. very interesting to our listening audience. So, what do you think the verdict is for the twist? I. I I, I gotta say fantabulous. I, I again I'm not a dancer. I I don't dance. I don't do the dance thing. I think you can manage the twist. Well, yeah, but it wouldn't look very good coming out of me. I would agree. It is fantabulous, and again, I still think you could do the twist. Anybody can do the twist. The next on our list for today is The Locomotion. The Locomotion is a 1962 pop song written by Jerry Goffin and Carole King. The song was originally recorded by Little Eva. She was actually Carole King's babysitter, who ended up having to create a dance move to go along with the song. The elements of the dance are described in the song. Lines like swing your hips, jump up, jump back, make a chain, move around the floor, and hold hands if you get the notion. You know, on top of this song being very popular in 1962, there are so many bands that have actually covered this song. For example, in 1974, it was covered by the Grand Funk Railroad. 1980 saw Carole King cover her own song. That is ironic. In 1987, Kylie Minogue actually covered it. Fun fact, Little Eva... Grand Funk Railroad and Kylie Minogue all hit number one on the Billboard charts with the song. Well, it just goes to show that it is, in fact, a fabulous song. The song. We're not talking about the song. We're well, talking why about not? the dance. But I like the song. Uh, you like Kylie Minogue. Nah, not really, actually. I can't tell you one song she's done. Uh, the Locomotion. Well, <laughs> uh, aside from that, Carrie... <laughs> Uh, all right, fine. The dance. I, I don't really know it. I've never actually seen the dance, so I really can't comment on this one, but I like the song. Yeah, the song has definitely had its fair share of number one spots. I'd say. So in your eyes, is this a fantabulous dance move? No, because I don't think I've ever seen the dance done outside of a video before, so no. Well, it's not like you often see people just dancing in the middle of the streets. I've been to weddings. It's not a wedding dance. Yeah, but you wouldn't call the chicken dance fantabulous either. And that is a wedding song. Right. But people actually do it. I've seen people do it. Even at Rock and Bowl, where you have music and alcohol and bowling, and it's sort of late at night. 
you never see anybody do the locomotion, even if the song happens to come on. Yeah, I have to say, just on an off note, uh, rock and bowl is completely fantabulous. <laughs> but that, my friends, is another episode. Yes. You know, if we are judging this solely on the dance, I can't really say it's fantabulous because I don't know what it is. Exactly. So, no, I, it doesn't get a fantabulous for me. All right. Well, Carrie, we are going to go on a break, and when we get back, we're going to be talking about the golden age of polyester, and we might even throw a whip in. Ooh, kinky. Hey, it's Clint Daly, host of the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. You know we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and we bring you our own unique outlook on the world of sports. You know, we try to give you some actual insight and maybe a common sense approach to sports. Whether it's breaking news, some of the biggest games, or even some sports history, check out the Daily Dose Sports Podcast now on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. The Daily Dose, your daily dose of sports and sarcasm. Hey guys, it's Duff from the Fadtabulous Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our network, Rogue Intel. Rogue Intel gives us the ability to speak our minds, be ourselves, and put out amazingly awesome podcasts. Be sure to check out their other shows at RogueIntel.com. And if you want to help keep the network going, head over to RogueIntel.com slash Amazon for all your shopping needs. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a portion of your total will go to help support the network. That's RogueIntel.com slash Amazon. Next on the list is disco. Now, disco isn't actually a dance. Contrary to all the uh, John Travolta movies you've seen growing up, it is a genre of dance music that contains elements of funk, soul, pop, and salsa. I didn't know salsa was in there. Yummy. I, I, I like some salsa. Mm, definitely. Salsa verde. <laughs> it was popular during the mid-70s, and uh, some would say into the early 80s. I would say 78 was when it kind of just died. There were some clubs probably like up in New York that kind of held on to it for a little bit. So I would say early 80s. Okay. All right. Well, from now, granted, I was born in the early 80s, uh, 80 to be exact. So I never really saw this firsthand, but it was always my impression that uh, everyone went from loving it to absolutely banning it in the span of like six months. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It seemed like everywhere you looked, the men, women, it didn't matter. You were in these loud obnoxious polyester shirts polyester pants and not to it, mention the platforms we've talked about that in an earlier episode and it seemed like the radio was nothing but donna summer and the bgs and everything was that disco beat to it which typically was a four on the floor yeah um maybe that's why i like that sort of <laughs> dance music um and let's not forget casey and the sunshine band no i can't forget about good old casey yeah i hope you don't throw things at me for the rest of the episode but i really do like disco i like the groove i like the funk and i like that rock beat with the funk it's just something we don't hear anymore i grew up on it so you know it was either disco or it was like Credence or, Neil, or Near, Diamond. Neil Diamond, you know, and Elton John, which, of course, he had his own love affair with polyester and platforms. Oh, but he yes. wasn't so much into the disco 
He did some really bad albums in 77, 78 that uh, did have some disco influence. Now, he did some great albums as well in that era. Yeah, but when you think disco, you don't think Elton John. I don't know. You listen to Philadelphia Freedom and you tell me what that sounds like. Something that I only know every other word of because I can't understand them half the time. <laughs> nah, you just need to sit down with me and I'll translate his lyrics for you. It's too late. I've already learned them the way I've learned them. So <laughs> made up words and all. There you go. All right, let's talk a bit more about disco. Disco was the last mass popular music movement that was driven by the baby boom generation. What a way to go out. Oh, man. Now, let's talk about the baby boom. Real quick, because I know we're not talking about music, but in fact, the dance. What else was the baby boom responsible for? As far as dances go? Yeah. Everything we've talked about up till now, locomotion, the twist. uh, They did, if you think of a 60s film or TV show where they're dancing, they're doing the jive or the monkey or the mashed potato. That's all baby boomer stuff. Okay. All right, see, that's way before my generation, so... Same here. I know, I know. I'm not that old. (laughs) I know you're not. Some of the signature dances from the era of disco was the bump. How does that go? You really don't know how the bump goes? Is there anybody out there that doesn't know how the bump goes? Well, I I know how my version of the bump would go, but that's not appropriate (laughs) for this type of show. Yeah, probably not. Uh, it's where you bump hips or other body parts, every other beat. Okay, so that's where R. Kelly got that whole bump and grind thing, I guess. To a certain extent. All right, let's talk about some other dances from the disco era. Uh, there's always the electric slide. Now, I do know that one. That's kind of like uh, sideways moonwalking. Well, it's it's a line dance. It's so much more than a line dance, Carrie. Come on. (laughs) It's electric. (laughs) (laughs) Very true, it is. (laughs) And that is definitely something you see people do at weddings. Yes, yes, indeed. There's also the hustle, famously depicted in the 1977 movie Saturday Night Fever. That's basically where you, uh, you, you point to the sky and then point to the ground. No, there's more to the hustle than that. A lot more to the hustle than that. Okay, well, pardon me if I don't know all the moves. (laughs) Now, one move I do know, and it is a bar mitzvah and a wedding and just pretty much any... Heck, I used to roller skate when I was a kid, and we used to do the YMCA. Which village person were you? I was the the mechanic, of course. I don't know that there was a mechanic. In my imagination, there was a mechanic. Uh, Okay. And he had a regular everyday hat and two screwdrivers, one in each hand. That's Bob the Builder. Can't I dream? (laughs) I like to fix things, okay? Wow. (laughs) Like I said, 1978, YMCA, that was pretty much where disco died. It had a few dying gasps after that, but not much. Not anything really noteworthy. So we're kind of grouping in a bunch of different dances into this one uh, subgenre. But I I gotta say, I like the music. I like the corny, cheesy movies that came out of that era. And I'm going to say fabulous on this one. Yeah, I'd agree. From someone who was too young to go to any of the... Uh, discotheques, hmm. but can remember 
all of the different TV shows that would come on and, you know, they dance and you get to watch people actually that knew how to dance do some of these dances. And granted, it was cheesy cornball stuff, but it was hard and elaborate, especially some of the stuff these professionals were doing. Yeah. Now we're going to move on to one of the most recent dance trends. Watch Me Whip Nene, which started as a 15-second Instagram video, which turned into a viral hit, and a major recording contract for Salento. Now, who is this Salento you speak of? The person who did the song. Oh. (laughs) He literally was discovered from a 15-second Instagram video for this song slash dance, and it turned into a viral hit. And he got a recording contract out of it. Interesting. The dance isn't just about whipping and neighing. Now, what is whipping and neighing? I am too old for this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the dance also includes the duff. Don't ask. I don't know. Wait, it, it includes me? Apparently. And Interesting. You, and you said you couldn't dance. Apparently, I am mistaken. Uh, apparently. The bop and the break your legs... All put together with instructions easier to follow than an Ikea manual. And those are pretty easy. Typically. Here's some fun fact about this one. It was featured in the Trolls movie in 2016. And it was made even more mainstream by Matt Damon and Hillary Clinton demonstrating their whip nene skills on Ellen. And not to be outdone, Jimmy Fallon also weighed in with his whipping and his nay-naying in a lip-sync battle against Ellen on The Tonight Show. Yeah, I saw that. It was funny. I am a huge fan of Ellen. And I saw Matt Damon. Also a huge fan. Now, we all know that Matt Damon slash Jason Bourne is fantabulous. What say you about the watch me whip nay I don't think so. I don't think it'll stand the test of time. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it a wait and see. I'm I'm not going to actually say anything because I, I, I know that it is a popular dance. That one I've actually seen. I thought you were going to give it a nay-nay. <laughs> no. I'm not going to be a hater of the nay-nay simply because I cannot dance the nay-nay. You can whip your nay-nay. Again, this is not a topic that is appropriate <laughs> for this show. But I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to this week's topics. We've got some mail for you. Mail time. Jessica Persinger from Salisbury, North Carolina, wrote in. Uh, Actually, here's a fun fact. Not to digress, but I am going to anyway. Uh, Salisbury, North Carolina is where the headquarters for Food Lion, an American chain of grocery stores, it resides. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, she wrote into Fantabulous at Rogantel.com and she wrote, love the show. No, I adore the show. Can you guys do a show about stores of our childhood that aren't around today? Like Montgomery Wards, etc. That would be epic. Actually, you know, Carrie and I have been doing some talking and we first off, thank you for your email, Jessica. I, I, uh, I, I totally agree. That led me to a really, really big tangent 
Uh, and I think we've we've narrowed it down. I think we're going to do two episodes on this. The first of which is going to be about, just like you suggested, stores that are no longer around today. And we are going to do a second episode about big box stores, tech stores that are no longer around today. Yeah, I am really excited to do those episodes for you guys, and they should be out by the end of the year. And, you know, I was thinking we should add Spencer's to one of those two shows. Oh, that would be great. Well, it's not technically a big box store. I think part one would be the way to go for that, but I definitely agree. I loved Spencer's as a kid. I used to go in there uh, when I was a kid and look around. My parents absolutely hated the store. Gee, I wonder what why. parents didn't. But I would go in there, look at their T-shirts, And granted, I was young enough that I would see all of the more novelty items Mm -hmm. and be like, huh, wonder what that's for. And go on through and get to the back of the store. And this is back when collecting stickers was like a huge thing. And they'd have all these Lisa Frank stickers. And it was like paradise back in that little corner of the store. And I would just go bananas buying stickers. So I have to say, here's a little admission of guilt. I used to love Lisa Frank stickers, and I used to put them on my Trapper Keeper. See, I never actually put them on anything. I kept them in a photo book, which I'm sure if I look hard enough, I can probably find it. Well, what fun is that? Because it was fun to collect. It's just like collecting stamps. You don't lick it, put it on a piece of mail, and mail it. No, no, not really. Well, thank you, Jessica, for writing in. We appreciate your email. Let's take care of our trivial obligation. Now, this week on the show, I am going to be doling out the trivia. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to play a clip of a song here. Don't Leave Me This Way was a big disco hit for which female artist? Option A, Donna Summer. B, Gloria Gaynor, C, Thelma Houston, or D, Diana Ross? Well, I know it's not Donna Summer or Diana Ross. And why not? Because I know for a fact it's not Donna Summer or Diana Ross. All right. Well, the following answers are Gloria Gaynor or Thelma Houston. I'm going to have to go with Gaynor. All right. Well, wouldn't you know, Don't Leave Me This Way is a song that was written by Kenneth Gamble, Leon Huff, and Carrie Gilbert. Oh, look at that. Yeah, not spelt the right way, unfortunately. Uh, C-A-R-Y. They really need to learn how to spell that right. Well, it's probably because it was a male. I I don't know. (laughs) Because, you know, Carrie Grant, Carrie Gilbert, who knows? Yeah, true. Anywho, first charting as a hit for Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, featuring Teddy Pendergrass, was later a huge disco hit for Motown artist... Thelma Darn Houston. It. Yeah, they're easy to get mixed up. Gloria Gaynor and Thelma Houston. Yeah. Well, I gotcha. Yeah, well. I gotcha. I gotcha. Carrie, what is going on on next week's show? Next week, we will be talking cereals. Oh, you mean like Coco, Coco, Coco Pebbles? <laughs> no, not the breakfast variety. Oh. Well, okay. You've been listening to Fad Tabulous a proud member of the Rogan Tell podcast family. 
Head over to fadtabulous.com to subscribe and interact, and head over to rogueintel.com slash Amazon to support our network every time you shop. Fatabulous was created by Amy Domestico in cooperation with Rogue Intel. This podcast was recorded in front of a live canine audience. <laughs>